0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. We've got a lot of topics to hit on today. National Signing Day in football, transfers, possible coaching moves, all while the Michigan Athletic Department remains on lockdown. We bring you up to speed on everything on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to, good to talk to you. Still in good spirits since our last podcast with the sports betting up, down. How's it going?
1: I'm up big, thank you to the or thank you to the sports betting apps. I hope they don't hear this because I should be paying taxes. I <laughs>
2: yeah, I've kind of taken a little bit—I mean, a little bit of a hiatus from sports betting to to move here the past couple of days, which has been extremely time-consuming and exhausting. But hopefully, we can get back at it pretty soon. I've done pretty well on the casino play though, with some of the free credits, and been doing pretty well at that. So we're all not bad. Good to
0: hear. Yeah, there's there's several uh, you know topics we want we want to hit on as I alluded to in the intro. Let's start with signing day because that's coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, February third. Didn't we already have a signing day, Ryan? Zoop? what's the deal with this one?
2: Yes, this is actually the the traditional signing period. Um, until the NCAA added a, an early signing period a couple of years ago, most prospects have taken advantage to that. Um, but there's always a few that decide to wait to uh, ink their letters of intent and. Last year, Michigan didn't sign anyone in February. They actually lost uh, lost one prospect, uh, Nick Patterson, the brother of Shea Patterson, ended up flipping to an Ivy League school. Um, but this year, they already they received a commitment last week from four-star defensive tackle George Rooks, a huge, huge gift for Michigan, considering they had not yet signed a, a traditional interior defensive lineman in this 2021 class or in the 2020 class. I, I like Rooks a lot. Like his size and his explosiveness and athletic ability, he's a top 300 prospect, a much needed get get for Michigan. And they're not done at, at the defensive tackle position too. They're still uh, going after uh, a couple, a pair of prospects that are actually committed elsewhere. Ike uh, Awuna, three star prospect from Texas, uh, not even ranked in the in the top 1,000, but he, he Michigan just offered him. Last month, four days after he committed to Colorado, I think the Wolverines really liked him, and it sounds like they have a good chance at flipping him. And there's also Rayshon Benny, uh, the guy, that Oak Park four-star defensive tackle that committed to MSU in November. Benny decided to hold off and not sign in December, and Michigan's working hard, and I'm told that it's a possibility that, that they flip him. So considering where Michigan's coaching staff was just a, a few weeks ago, Considering they hadn't had any interior linemen in this class, they can somehow come away with three after the the traditional signing period, that would be pretty, pretty huge for for the Wolverines.
1: Yeah. Defensive tackle was an immediate area area of need. Not only do they not get a defensive tackle commit in the early class, but they didn't get one last year either. So they're kind of behind in recruiting when it comes to the interior of the defensive line. So I don't think it's a bad thing that they're they're coming in and getting several guys here late. They surely need them given the fact they've they've gone now, you know, a, a class and, and a half without, without one. And then they've had departures in the middle too. So there that's certainly an area of need. I'm curious to see what happens, what they end up doing in the secondary. because I think got one corner. I'm sure they can go get for, get another if, if they can. I, I don't know what the situation is. It may be where they look at the portal, but they, they got areas of need they need to hit. And I was, I was going to ask you cause I couldn't even remember last year. If they, if they got anyone, if they, if Michigan nailed anyone in the, traditional signing period. They didn't get anyone. So there's certain, certainly going to be busier time this year than they did than they had last year. Uh, but there's certainly areas of need. And given the new coaching staff in place, I think this is their opportunity to kind of cement their footing in, in terms of their philosophy and then their the recruiting chops. Because as we've talked about the last few weeks, you know, Michigan's added a lot of uh, coaches on staff that are going to try and hit the ground running here in the state of Michigan, recruit the in-state kids. And this is an opportunity from the show that, that they, can, they can do that, especially if they, they get Benny.
2: Right. Yeah. I think a key factor with Benny is, is the addition of Ron Bellamy on the longtime West Bloomfield coach too. I mean, obviously he knows that area pretty well um, right in the vicinity of, of Oak Park. So I think he's playing a big role in pushing for Benny, but yeah, you brought up a, bit, a good point about the, the cornerbacks. Uh, I actually spoke with the Michigan insiders, Bryce marriage today uh, about the possibility of maybe adding a corner, but like I, I alluded to earlier, a lot of pro- prospects already signed during the early period. So there's just not that many options right now of, of high school seniors. But yeah, like, like you said, the transfer portal will likely be Michigan's best friend when it comes to adding some players on defense this this offseason because they, they definitely have some holes to fill and, and some needs, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So yes, they do they do need cornerbacks. I just don't think there's any really viable high school seniors um, that they're going after. That, I guess you never know. But at this point, it's not looking like they're going to add anyone tomorrow.
0: Is there anything else we should be watching for on signing day with Michigan? There's no article, unfortunately, on MLive.com where I can, where I can get this information. So I have to ask you for it uh,
2: here on the podcast. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, those are the – the, the, I think those two defensive tackles is what, what you want to watch. And, and the decisions will probably come tomorrow. So uh, we'll have plenty of coverage throughout the day here on, on MLive. So tune in.
0: All right. So that's who, that's the future potentially of, of, you know, kind of influx of, of talent in Tan Arbor, we've got some, we've got some guys leaving too. Uh, I guess we can go to start with Aaron here, as far as, you know, recent transfer news in and out of the program, I suppose, if you could kind of fill us in on what's been going on there with football.
1: Yeah. I mean the, the big one, I guess the last couple of weeks, I don't know if we've talked about it in yet, but Zach Sherpin is on his way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he announced, or he didn't announce his name appeared in the transfer portal a few weeks back. He announced late last week that he is going to UCLA. So he's going back closer to home. It's a school that did originally recruit him when Michigan was after him out of high school. So it's, it's an opportunity for him to kind of play closer to home and play a more familiar uh, area. Uh, but I'm still baffled that, you know, his, his departure, it's, it's one of those things where Michigan kind of hit a home run when they landed him from a recruiting perspective out of high school, you know, they, they thought they liked what they got. Uh, he showed some promises as a, as a true freshman and then he got caught up in a, you know, in a, in a scheme this past year, this uh, recruiting, or excuse me, a running back rotation where they're using three and four guys regularly. So you didn't see him all the time. He didn't get a regular carries. He was banged up to some degree. So it was a, it was a really weird two years for Charbonnet and then Dylan McCaffrey uh, name. We've talked about pretty much pretty regularly in the last few months. He opted out of the 2020 season he, he was reported by us and, and others that he expected he was expected to transfer. His name was in the portal last, I think two weeks ago. Um, but he, he announced the other day as well, that he's going to play for his dad at Northern Colorado. i uh, not surprised by this at all. You know, his, his dad's entering his first season as head coach there. Uh, UNC actually did not play uh, this past, this past fall. They opted out of the season, the FCS, their conference, the big sky chose not to play. Um, they're going to play a, a, I guess, an abbreviated spring schedule. So I guess we'll get some run there. But I expect to see him fully in the fall. He's a grad transfer, so he'll be able to play right away. I think he has two years' of eligibility left. Two certainly, um, you know, big names kind of departing. Other guys have also left. I don't know if we've touched on Luigi Valen is going to Wake Forest. Christian Turner is going to Wake Forest. So a lot of guys going out. You know, and then that kind of goes in with. You know, obviously, recruiting uh, signing day being tomorrow. Two key returners, I guess. I reported earlier today, this morning on them Live. Our tech subscribers also got this news first Monday evening. Two key returners on the defensive side of the ball. Michigan's going to get back in 2021. Josh Ross, Donovan Jeter, two names. I, I think they needed back in some in some regards, not only for the experience, but from the, the leadership standpoint too. Michigan's going to be incredibly thin at linebacker this year. Ross gives them something. Uh, him and Michael Barrett give, I guess gives Michigan something to, to work with there to start with. Uh, and then Jeter help obviously helps plug a hole in the interior of the defensive line. I don't know whether he's going to start or not. I'm, I'm still curious to see what you know what type of scheme Michigan plays this year with with first year coordinator Mike McDonald, whether it's a three-four or four to three, because I, I you know, I expect Chris Hinton will get the start there. But either way, Jeter's gonna provide some depth. Uh, Ross will certainly start with whether, whether it's middle linebacker or, or Will will. Uh, we'll see, but they get two key guys with experience and starting experience under their belt back for defensive side of the ball. That obviously, as we've talked about ad nauseum, just absolutely struggled this past year.
2: Just to go back to the transfers again, real quick. I mean, the, the Zach Sharbin I bit, I mean, people forget he was a top 50 recruit out of high school. I mean, this it was a big get for Michigan and and for him to leave after just a couple of years. I mean, after I remember that army game, it's they just he basically he was their, their offense that day they the handing it off and, and having them pick up three, four or five yards at a time. And they were some tough yards and you were like, wow, this guy has a bright future at Michigan. And then it just, he, the injuries and just, he was never really able to, to take off. And
1: not only that, but he had the, he had like that seventy yard uh, run in the opener against Minnesota. So like he showed up. Like there were instances where he looked really good and he looked like he could have been their number one back. But you know, as I said earlier, Michigan insisted on using this running back rotation this year. For what reason and whose idea it was? I, it still remains a mystery. But you know, he clearly didn't probably didn't get the carries he wanted, the run he wanted, and he he, tra- he chose the left. Obviously, there's maybe other circumstances there. You know, we we don't really know. We probably won't find out. Um, but it's a, it went from a huge get from Michigan to almost a huge miss just in terms of their usage of him and his, you know, his potential.
0: Um, and yeah, and it goes along with, you said, you know, obviously signing day coming up, but you've got the, you know, the transfer portal works both ways as well. So, um, I know, you know, you guys have both alluded to this in the, in the past that, uh, you know, they could be going that route to, to add players as well as, as Harvey makes uh, another yet another appearance on the Wolverine confidential podcast. But yes, I'm not talking crazy. They could be bringing in players through the tr- portal. Yeah, yes. be
1: surprised. You know, Michigan's been very careful and selective in who they get out of the portal. If you go back the last couple of years, I mean, Mike Dana was was a special case. Uh, Shea Patterson, he was, a, you know, he was, a, he was a transfer. So Michigan's been real, you know, real careful. They got they got a guy coming in this year from the from the portal. I'm um, really Allen offensive tackle from Louisiana tech. So they've been real selective and I, I don't expect that to change. Michigan isn't just going to go out there and get someone just to get someone and, right. and it's be a fit for the school and it's gotta be a fit for how they're going to play and, and plug a position. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan gets one, maybe two guys this off season, don't expect them to, to pillage the thing and, and, and be like a Rutgers and land, you know, multiple guys just to, to fill a roster. I just, I don't see that happening with a Jim Harbaugh.
0: All right. Yeah. So that's uh, we've kind of hit on the players, but we've got, you know, coaching news to to discuss as well. You know, Aaron, you wrote about this ward manual spoke uh, on a podcast a Michigan, you know, athletic department hosted podcast, but he was, you know, asked about Jim Harbaugh and then, you know, kind of his hopes for the program going forward, given that, uh, you know the contract extension was signed, and I guess you know what was your kind of takeaway from uh, Manuel's message?
1: Well, he he said all the right things. Uh, he was asked about extending, you know, Jim Harbaugh, and he he kind of said that he believes in him and his ability to lead, and he he thinks he'll you know bring Michigan to the you know right success. And he so Ward said all the right things as a boss and, and a person who has to justify his decision to 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 extend it, which you know as, as some Michigan fans, you know, some some fans were frustrated. Uh, they mm-hmm. didn't want to see the extension, Nonetheless, it happened. Uh, but what I was really, I guess, um, taken aback by, or just, you know, I, I poked my ears at where was um you know, Ward's comments about Jim's staff, you know, Ward was pretty open in that he, he felt like the defensive staff just wasn't getting it done in, in their, in their approach and their scheme and their philosophy. And Ward felt like there was a change, a change needed. What I'm curious about is whether Ward, you know, Dictated that to Jim, or that something Jim and and Ward both came to an agreement on together. So it was. it was curious to hear, you know, hear Ward just kind of talk about the defensive staff. He's excited uh, by the new hires: Mike McDonald, George Hill, Malinquist uh, guys. He thinks that I think he believes can bring Michigan's defense in a different direction. So it, it's it, it was it was intriguing to listen to just just in regards to Ward's thoughts on how, how the season ended in twenty twenty and where things can go. Um, it was. It was a long conversation. I think he spoke for almost a half hour, wide ranging topics. He was excited about Mike Hart and Ron Bellamy joining the staff. You know, Ward was, he's, he's familiar with with Mike. Uh, he's familiar with Ron. They're both both from New Orleans. So it, it sounds like Ward's energized about some of the hires Jim made. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Ward played a factor in some of these decisions, but they they clearly like the youth. They like the diversity and they they think that, um, you know, big things are on the horizon. We've heard this before. So it's, it's important to, to say, you know, approach us with some cautious optimism here, but you know, you're six and you've had to make a coaching staff change. So we'll see what happens. Uh Ward's obviously on board. Uh, we haven't heard from Jim Harbaugh yet in regards of the staff t- talking to reporters. Um, but I- I'm curious to see how J- Jim kind of justifies all this
0: yeah no, I mean, I, I'm with you right? right off the bat, you said you know he, he said all the right things. I mean, what else can you say? he's made he's made the decisions, so now you got to roll with him and support your guy. You know, we talked about uh the, the coaching staff being you know probably somewhat finalized now at this point, but uh you can't you can't necessarily stop a guy from leaving um and an assistant has interviewed with a with a familiar familiar face in the NFL. Tell us about it,
1: yeah, linebackers coach Brian Jean Mary. I uh, was reported Sunday night that he was going to interview Monday with Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars to join the staff there. Not surprised. Charlie Strong, the former Texas coach, uh, is the assistant head coach for Urban Meyer there. Brian G. Marys he's worked under Charlie Strong pretty much his entire career, a better, better part of the last 10 years. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's leaving. Uh, and it, it makes sense because for those that have been following this, situation, the off-season situation with Michigan's coaching staff, just a few weeks ago, there was a report that Michigan was considering offering uh, the linebackers coach down at Florida, Christian Robinson, a, uh, a job that has not since materialized at this point. So you have to wonder if Brian jean Mary saw the reports. And, and thought about maybe leaving you know i i don't know the situation but either way it was confirmed that he did plan a, he did plan interviewing with the jaguars whether that materializes into a job there will, remains to be seen it's important to note that gene mary does have a year left on his current uh contract uh he was set to make four hundred fifty thousand dollars base salary this year so if he was to leave for the jaguars he would have to pay that that pretty much think that full salary back to michigan the buyout clause 100 percent to try and prevent this from happening uh, but with one year left on his deal, a pretty much new staff around him, a new boss, so to speak in, in defensive coordinator, you have to wonder if G Mary's looking, uh, looking elsewhere.
2: Kind of on a related note to the linebackers. I, I forgot to mention that the Michigan actually lost a, a linebacker commit last week too, in the 2022 class, uh, Tyler Martin, a four-star prospect from Massachusetts, who was one of the only one of two four-star commits in that class and uh, Sure enough, a couple of days after he he decommitted, he received an offer from Arizona where where Don Brown is now the defensive coordinator. So I would not be surprised if, if he ended up there, I know he had a, has a close relationship with, with Don Brown, like, like a lot of uh, players in the new England area do. So, and it's not to say that Michigan is still, still in, in the running for him that, but they just kind of have to re-recruit him with, with the new staff, whoever, whoever that may be, if it's a new linebackers coach, we'll see, but. That's another thing to keep an eye on.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because folks, and maybe some folks don't realize, but Don Brown, while he was a defensive coordinator, he was also a linebackers coach. He was he emphasized in that position. He helped coach that position, and in fact, Brian Jean Mary and even prior linebackers coaches under Don Brown at Michigan often were relegated. I shouldn't say relegated. I guess they were asked to coach the package guys. So they were coaching the outside linebackers, the Vipers and everything else. Well, Don Brown was kind of focusing with the inside linebackers. So with Brown gone and Mike McDonald coming in, who has experienced coaching linebackers at the NFL level, you have to wonder how that's going to materialize and, and where, you know, Brian's position sits with Michigan staff. Well, yes, he was, Jim, Jim Harbaugh did say he was going to coach the, the linebackers moving forward. You know, is it is a similar situation as before? What, what it did involve more? You know, was more responsibility offered him? I don't know, but I, I'm sure that's going to play into, into the a his decision to leave, and b whether some of these recruits end up, you know, linebacker recruits end up coming to Michigan, who are expecting to, to coach under, you know, be
0: coached by Don Brown. Meanwhile, all of this is happening under, of course, the cloud of, uh, you know, COVID that is not, uh, that has shut down, the Michigan athletic department. We're now week into week two of that, uh, in case there was any, uh, hope i guess optimism that you know uh, and some of the teams that weren't directly affected could return to action before that two-week period ended uh ward Manuel, in the same interview we referenced earlier made that clear that would not happen two weeks will go by which will end you know goes through saturday i guess and then they'll they'll put in their plan put their plan in place for teams to return to action um you know including the men's basketball team which uh the next scheduled game is uh Two Thursdays from now, the February 11th against Illinois. To me, that's enough time. If you get back on the court on Sunday, you know, kind of ramp up your conditioning a little bit. Sunday, Monday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, you do a little. You know, Tuesday you go harder. Wednesday's the day before a game. You maybe you know pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know. It's not ideal, but I think you know it's it's certainly doable so we'll see but i don't know assistant coach phil martelli put some doubt into that he didn't know if we should be preparing for he should be preparing for illinois or looking ahead already maybe to that wisconsin game scheduled for that following weekend so yeah it's hard to know exactly where where things stand but uh
1: yeah, it's it's important to point out that the interview you just mentioned that war didn't say that each sport was going to have a different ramp up schedule and he now he didn't go into details he didn't give specifics about how long that would take but yeah, you have to wonder how long it's going to, they think it's going to take for basketball to kind of get their feet back under them and, and get ready for, for a game. I didn't realize this, but they said, you know, this spring that Michigan was expecting to have 28 or 29 sporting teams in action. Uh, through the through the through the year you know except foot, football was gonna be the only one that wasn't playing games so they're expecting a busy time so it's you're gonna i think you're gonna see different levels of time where it's you know like say tennis or whatever cross country could probably get going right away whereas basketball might take some time
0: yeah no we'll see and obviously they were they were rolling and martelli hinted at you know he said what a lot of fans are thinking you know i hope hope they can pick up where they where they uh you know left off so yeah it's all all worth following and you know keep an eye on it and we'll have you covered uh, on the wolverine confidential podcast as well as mlive.com slash wolverine thanks for listening